Well, that was all right. <laughs> great. That's a, the greatest band of all time, Village Church Band, or Journey. You know, uh, it's, always been a, uh, it's always been a dream of mine to be able to preach a sermon after Separate Ways Journey. Uh, y- yeah, that is, uh, that, that, is, uh, that is one of my favorite bands. As a matter of fact, earlier, earlier this year, I saw many of y'all because I, was, I, went to the, I went down to the arena downtown to be able to pray for you guys uh, to the Journey concert, and I saw half of our church there, and so I knew that this would probably be a, a good song, but they just did such a great job. But uh, the background of the song, of course, as I said earlier, Journey, the, you know, probably one of the best bands ever. There's a couple more I could name, but I shall not. Uh, but uh, that, whenever they wrote this song, it was the early 1980s. And the meaning behind the song, of course, is called Separate Ways, but here's what happened. I, I don't know if any of y'all, y'all ever remember the show VH1, Where Are They Now? Isn't that just like the most depressing thing to watch? I mean, you sit there and watch these bands, you know, I'm sitting there like, whatever happened to Golden Earring? You know, and you sit there and you watch, you watch the bands, and they do their story. Every band has the same story. Have y'all noticed that? We got along really good, then we became really famous, then we started doing drugs, and our lives fell apart. We're a total wreck. Okay, every, every time. Okay, this story, the song behind this, uh, this uh, the story behind this song is early 1980s. Uh, the guys are out on tour. They're, most of them are married. And then they ended up, a couple of guys ended up making bad decisions on the road and their marriages crumbled. And so they, they went their separate ways. And so a couple of guys in the band ended up writing this song. Now, as we all know, in life, there's uh, something that every one of us has to do. Uh, in life, every one of us eventually has to make decisions. Every one of us have to make choices in life. Now, whenever we make choices, the most important thing in making those choices is making sure that we make good ones. You know, and for some reason, it just seems like, and like I said, if you don't believe me, just watch VH1's Where Are They Now? For some reason, it's just so hard for people to make wise, good decisions. And so that being the case, I started thinking, is there any direction or any leadership from God that we see in Scripture that points out to us how to, you know, how to kind of be ahead of everybody else in being prepared to make good decisions? And one of the great things to discover in the Bible is that God gives us direction and leadership when it comes to making choices. And we're going to see the story of two men in our scripture today. Their names were Abram and Lot. And they had choices to make in their lives. Now, what we're going to see in the story is that one man made a good choice, and the other guy made a bad choice. Now, the choices they made totally changed the trajectory of their lives. And the fact of the matter is, and not to put a whole lot of pressure on you, but the choices you make in your life can change the trajectory of your life. And so that's why you want to make sure that when you make choices, that you make good ones. And so from our text today, we're going to see some hints that the Bible shares with us on how to make good decisions. And so if you have your Bible, we're going to look today in Genesis chapter 13. We're going to start looking in just a few moments in verse number 8. And so if you're interested in turning there, it's one of the really cool things about Genesis 
If you're not sure where it is, man, it's just the first book in the Bible. So you can act like you know where everything is. Just open it up. It's right there. The very first book in the Bible. So Genesis 13, verse number 5. And I'm going to share with you a little bit of background about, about, the main, about the main person in the story. It's Abram. Now, God earlier in the book of Genesis had told Abram to leave his homeland. So I want you to leave your homeland. We're told that it's the land of Ur. Uh, so he said, God, and God told him, said, I have a land that I am promising for you and your family. He said, I want you to go to the land of Canaan, which is now where Israel is. He said, I want you to go there. And he said, I'm going to make out of you a great nation. And so Abram's excited about that. And so amazingly, by faith, he gets up, he leaves his homeland, and he goes into the land of Canaan, and he brings with him his nephew, Lot. Now they go into this land, and after they're there for a few years, there's a drought that comes. And so they have to go down into the land of Egypt in order to be able to survive. But when they go there, Egypt is a very fertile place, fertile land, and they begin to buy cattle, and it begins to grow, and these guys become filthy rich. And so everything goes well for them, but then the drought stops. And so then Abram says, let's go back to the land God has promised to give us. And so they go back, and when you go back from Egypt, you have to go through uh, northern Egypt, and you go into Israel. It's known as the Negev Desert. And so as they're in this desert, they have a ton of, a ton of cattle, and uh, the men, the herdsmen, begin to fight with each other between Lot's men and Abram's men, because there's just not, it's like there's not enough room, there's not enough supplies. And so Abram says, hey, we got to make a decision. We got to decide if we're going to go our separate ways or if we're going to stay together. And it's like they'd come to, a, you know, like an end of a road, and, and you have to make a decision. Am I going to turn left or am I going to turn right? And whenever you get to those places, I mean, you want to make the right decision. And that's one of the neat things to see in the Bible is the Bible gives us guidance on how to make good decisions. And, and there's some of you today, and you might feel like you are at that stop sign in your life right now. Got to go left, got to go right, which way do I go? Trying to decide, am I going you know, to take that job or not take that job? Am I, gonna, am I going to marry this person or I'm not going to marry this person? Am I going to trust that, that God is true or am I going to seek my own avenue, my own way in life? Well, today we, we see some hints on making good choices. And the very first hint that I see on making good choices from our text today is this one. When you're making decisions, don't base your decisions off of your emotions. Don't, don't allow your emotions to be the determining factor in how you make choices in life. Now, I want you to look with me in, in uh, chapter 13, verse 8. It says, And Abram said to Lot, Please, let's not have quarreling between you and me or between your herdsmen and my herdsmen, since we are relatives. Isn't the whole land before you? And then Abram told him this. He said, separate from me. If you go to the left, I will go to the right. And if you go to the right, I will go to the left. And Lot looked out and he saw that the entire Jordan Valley, as far as Zoar, was well watered everywhere like the Lord's garden and the land of Egypt. And this was before God destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. And it's going to be important for you to remember in just a few moments. And so Lot chose the entire Jordan Valley for himself. Then Lot journeyed eastward, and they separated from each other. 
Now, Abram came to the conclusion after his travels that, and he'd been with his nephew for a number of years at this point, he's like, it's, it's time for us to go our separate ways. It's time for us to part company. And the reason why is because, you know, as they went through this region that was a desert, their, their families began to fight with each other. And so he said, we've we got to do something. We've got to do whatever we can in order to preserve the family and also to be able to survive. And that's, that seems like a good decision to me. But then he did something a little surprising. He said, Lot, I'm going to allow you to choose where you want to go. He said, if you go to the left, then I'm going to go the opposite direction. I'll go right. If you go right, I'm going to go left. But you get to choose. Now, I look at that from my perspective. I think, okay, Abram is the older guy. His nephew has been with him for a long while. And if I'm Abram, I'm thinking, okay, Abram, or Lot, you've been bumming off me for long enough. You know, our guys aren't getting along well, so get your, you know, your little grimy group of stuff and people, and you get out of here. I'm going here, and you're going to go there. But he didn't do that. Instead, what he did is he said, I'm going to allow you to choose. And I said, why would he do something like that? Well, I think part of the reason why, or no part of the reason why, is because he understood what God had already promised him, and he wanted to do whatever he could in order to protect their families, to keep their relationship intact. Guys, let me tell you something. God honors, he honors us, he blesses us when we honor and bless our families, when we keep peace. We're told in Psalm 133 how good and pleasant it is when brothers live together in unity. And, and it's interesting to me, Abram's decision, what he did, it was not based off of his emotions. If it was his emotions, he would have said, Lot, get out, of my, get out of my sight. But it wasn't based off of his emotions. Instead, his decision was based on the promises that God had already given him. Now, just to rehash, you remember what the promise was? He said, Abram, I'm going to make you into a great nation. Abram, I'm going to give you the land of of Canaan. So that's how he made his decision, whereas Lot based his decision off of his emotions. He said, where do you want to go, Lot? And Lot was influenced by his feelings and by what he saw. Now you might say, well, what's wrong with making decisions like that? You know, what's wrong with me basing my decisions off of, off of my emotions? Guys, let me tell you this, I mean, and you, I, I'm, I'm sure you know the same thing as I do. Your emotions are different from day to day. For some of you, from minute to minute. I mean, right? I mean, there's some days when I'm in a good mood, and there's other days when I'm in a bad mood. Now, if I'm basing my decisions off of my moods, which I have done before, and especially whenever I'm driving, let me tell you something. It doesn't work very well. I am not a person of wisdom when I am ruled by my emotions. Now, that's, that's what happened to Lot. Lot made his decisions based off his emotions. Uh, after Abram told him, said, listen, you get to choose, here's how Lot made his decision. Verse 10, it says, Lot looked out, and he saw that the entire Jordan Valley, as far as Zoar, was well watered everywhere like the Lord's garden in the land of Egypt. And this was before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. Now remember, Abram, Abram and Lot's herdsmen, they're fighting with each other. Why? Why were they fighting with each other? Well, it's because they didn't have enough. They didn't have enough stuff. And so they wanted, they wanted to make more. Beforehand, they'd been living 
in the Nile River Valley. It's a tremendously fertile area. And it was there that they had made a killing. Lot was like, I want to keep it going, right? If you're successful, if you're making money, you're thinking, I want to do whatever I can to keep that gravy train going. And so then what's, what does he do? He looks out and he sees that the, the, uh, the um, Jordan Valley is just as beautiful. He's like, man, I am going to go there so I can make some more money. I mean, he was presented with a choice. I can live in the desert or I can live where there's a lot of trees and water. Not a hard decision to make for him from the way it looked. And so he bases his decision off of emotions. You guys, let me tell you something. The best decisions in life are made when we have the long view in mind. You know, too many times we make decisions based off the here and now. We make decisions based off of, hey, what's it going to do for me right at the second? You know, if I make this decision, it's going to make me feel good now. Now, later on, it's going to be an awful choice. But right now, it feels pretty good. Guys, your best decisions are made not when you're looking at short-term answers or solutions, but when you're looking to the long-term. Uh, there, there's a guy, I, I love baseball, and there's a guy named Tim Burke. He used to play for the you know, Montreal Expos. For those of you who are a little bit older, you remember that before the Nationals in baseball, did the Expos. And so he played for them, and uh, he and his wife wanted to have children. They tried to have kids. They couldn't have any. And so what they did is they ended up adopting four special needs children. Now, as they got older, it became harder for the wife to take care of the kids. And Burke was always gone. He's playing baseball. And then he, he decided that he was going to retire. I mean, just like out of the blue, he just went, I'm going to quit. After his last game, reporters were stunned to find out that he was quitting. They said, why are you quitting? And he said, you know what? He goes, here's the deal. He said, with baseball, he goes, baseball is actually going to be just fine without me. He said, the game's going to continue on. Nobody's really going to miss me in the long view. He said, but my wife is the, uh, for my wife, he said, I'm the only husband she's ever going to have. He said, for my kids, I'm the only dad they're ever going to have. He saw baseball as temporary, but he made his decision based on the long view. He said, my family is something that is permanent. Now, Abram based his decisions off of the long view. He said, God has already promised me this. Now, in the short term, that land over there looks really good. But in the long term, God says he's going to give me an entire nation. Guys, whenever we base our decisions off of God's, God's wants and desires for us, God blesses. Matthew 6, Jesus said this. He said, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. He said, seek him first. And we're told in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understandings. In all your ways, acknowledge him. This is, and he'll make your path straight. So he didn't say acknowledge yourself. He said you acknowledge him, and he'll make your path straight. So the first hint that I see in making good choices, don't base your decisions off your emotions. So then what are we to do? Well, here's another hint that we're given. Making good choices. Avoid sinful situations. You know, stay out of trouble. Stay out of stuff that's not good for you. And that's sort of like a no-brainer deal, but we struggle with it. Now, let me read to you verses 12 and 13. It says, Abram lived in the land of Canaan. What was Canaan? It's Israel. This is the land that God says, I will give this land to you. He said, I'm going to go live there. So what did Lot do? Lot did not go with God's promises. 
It says, but Lot lived in the cities of the valley and set up his tent near Sodom. Now the men of Sodom were evil, sinning greatly against the Lord. Two different decisions made there. Galatians 5, 16 and 17 says, I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not carry out the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what's against the Spirit, and the Spirit desires what's against the flesh. These are opposed to each other so that you don't do what you want. Now, if we desire to make decisions that are going to be pleasing to God, then we need to make sure that we're not putting ourselves in morally compromising situations. Because if you put yourself in a morally compromising situation, the chances are going to be very great that you're going to give in to those morally compromising situations. And that's what happened to Lot in our story. Abram, he went to the land of Canaan. It's the land of promise. What did Lot do? Lot said, I'm going to go to that land that's near Sodom. Okay, now this is where you get to participate. Do y'all remember the story have y'all heard of Sodom before? Sodom and Gomorrah. Y'all remember? What happened to Sodom and Gomorrah later? Y'all remember? All right, so nobody remembers. So I'm going to help you out here. This is why I get paid the big bucks. All right, so here's what happened to Sodom and Gomorrah. Got absolutely destroyed by God. You know why it got destroyed by God? They were a sinful people. They were a people who, I mean, they, y'all, they were, just read this. I'm not even going to share it with you. You can read it yourself. They were bad. I mean, they were real bad people. And so God got rid of them. So Lot said, I'm going to go live near them. Not a good decision. At this time, everybody already knew what kind of cities these were. I mean, Lot knew that these people were immoral. But what did he do? He put himself in the midst of, of a place that was so ungodly. Now, we do the same things. I've done the same things before. And typically what we do is we, we justify, we rationalize away why we can put ourselves in those sinful situations in order to make ourselves feel better. I'm sure Lot had some excuses as to why he did this. Matter of fact, if you look in our text today, it says he went and lived near Sodom. It's like, I'm not in the city limits. Yeah, I'm living just outside of it, so it's not technically I'm not a sodomite. Um, he could have said, you know what, I'm, I'm not living in the city limits, therefore technically I'm really not going to be hanging out with these people too much. Maybe I can influence them. We do the same things. We say things like, I don't want to marry her, I'm just going to ask her out on a date. Y'all, that's not wise. And we look at other things and say, well, you know, I, I know that, that some of the practices that I have in my business, they're not ethical, but God wants me to take care of my family. And before long, what happens is we end up getting mired down in things that God has called us to stay away from. And that's what happens whenever we make emotional decisions instead of making decisions based off of what God wants. Later on, when you look at Lot, it says he lived near the city of Sodom. Sodom. By the end, he's living in Sodom. He was playing with fire. And you know what happens when you play with fire? You play with fire, you're going to get burned. You cannot play with sin and get away with it. I promise you. 
Uh, one of my favorite stories, this happened uh, several years ago. It's actually probably a number of years ago. I, I, it was in the paper, and I cut it out. And I was like, this is a great story. Bad for that guy, but hilarious to me. And so here's what happened. A guy stole a car and, and from Northeast Columbia, went on a joyride. Some of y'all might remember this. He gets, in a, he gets in a car chase with the police. He makes it to I-20, the, you know, at Broad River, where the bridge is. He makes it there, jumps out of the car, gets on the bridge, and jumps off the bridge to escape the police. Had his fun, got away. Well, here's the deal. There were two guys that just happened to be fishing right at the bottom of the bridge. And guess who they work for? Sled. That, he lands right next to that's If I ever do stuff, that's the stuff that happens to me. He lands right next to the sled agents. They, see, they hear the sirens going off, and they look over, and they just reach over and grab the guy and hang on to him until the cops show up. You know, sometimes we think this. We think, I can play with sin, and I'm going to get away. Guys, let me, the Bible says your sins will find you out. Sin marks your life. Whenever you get around sin, it will make you make bad decisions. So you want to make good decisions? If I want to make good decisions, you know, what, what are some hints for me? Well, don't, don't, I don't need to be basing my decisions off how I feel, off my emotions. And then make sure I'm staying away from sinful situations. And this is the last one. I'm called to trust God to keep his word. The last hint in us making good decisions is trust God to keep his word. And these are the last verses I'll read. Verse 14, said, After Lot had separated from him, from Abram, the Lord said to Abram, Look from the place where you are, look north and south, east and west. That's what God promises him. He said, I'll give you and your offspring forever all the land that you see. I will make your offspring like the dust of the earth, so that if one could count the dust of the earth, then your offspring could be counted. He said, Get up, walk from one end of the land to the other, for I'll give it to you. And so Abram moved his tent and went to live beside the oaks of Mamre at Hebron, where he built an altar to the Lord. Okay, there's a huge difference in the story between these two, the way these two men made decisions. Abram made his decisions based off of what God said. Lot made his decisions based off what he saw, what he felt. You know, we're told in 2 Corinthians 5, 7, live by faith, not by sight. If we're going to live by faith, you know what that means for me, for you? It means I will trust that what God says is true, even over what I feel. That I'll trust that God's ways are higher than mine. That I will trust that God is smarter than me. Uh, when our kids were younger, Emily used to subscribe to the famous magazine Sesame Street. And uh, she got the magazine, and she, I remember her reading a story to me. Uh, There's a mother that had gone to clean out a closet. And she's cleaning out her closet. She found an ultrasound picture. You know those pictures where everybody says you can see their baby that you really can't? And so she had the picture, and so she gets the picture, and she goes to her son, her oldest son, and she goes, look what I found. She goes, I found... The, the ultrasound of your baby brother. And he had no idea what she's talking about. He goes, what is that? And she said, well, this is your brother when he was inside mommy's tummy. And the boy was just, I mean, he kind of had this weird look on his face. He said, did you eat him? <laughs> now, now, that is the understanding of a child. He didn't get it. 
He didn't understand how a kid could be inside of his mother's stomach. Now, guys, when it comes to us and God, we're like that little kid. There's some stuff that doesn't make sense to us or there's some stuff that we look at in Scripture and say, you know what, I just, I don't agree with that. And I, and I have those moments too. But I have to come to a place where I will say, you know what, I'm going to trust that God's ways are higher than my ways and that God's thoughts are higher than my thoughts and I'm just going to trust what he says. That's what Abram did. God told Abram in Genesis 12, I'm going to make a great nation out of you. Now we think, well, that's a cool thing. But here's the deal. When he told Abram that, Abram was 75 years old and his wife was 70. They didn't have any kids. And God said, you and your wife are going to have a baby. Easy not to believe that one, right? But you know what Abram did? I'm going to trust you, God. It doesn't make sense to me. But I'm going to believe what you say. Now let me ask you a question. Do you, take, do you trust God at his word more than your own word? You know, when God says that he can, in John 10, 10, when Jesus said, I can give you life and you can have it more abundantly, do you believe that? You know, whenever Jesus says, and when 1 John 1, 9 tells us that God can forgive you of your sins, and I know there are many of us in here and we look at some of the junk we've done in our lives and it's, it's bad. And we are strapped by guilt because of it. When God says he can forgive you and he can take your sin and he can remove it as far as the east is from the west, that's what it says. You trust God at his word. When God says that he can make you his child and that he promises that after this life that you can live forever in a place called heaven and you haven't seen it, neither have I, but will you trust God at his word? And believe that what he says is true. I look at, look at Abram. And I see that he trusted God at his word. And because of that, he made good decisions. And he made decisions that totally changed his life. You guys, when we trust God at his word, he will change our lives. And he will give us hope and promises for tomorrow. So how can we make good decisions? Well, first, don't, don't base your decisions off your emotions. Guys, avoid sinful situations. Stay away from those things. They will do nothing but destroy and separate you from God. And then finally, the final hint we're given is to trust God to keep his word. Will you do it? Abram did, and God blessed him. Lot didn't, and he lost his wife, his daughter's reputations, his sons-in-law, he lost everything because he trusted in what he saw instead of trusting what God said.